Today's episode of the Punk Rock Horror Podcast is brought to you by SlashingCast.net. Ghouls, Gals, Creeps, and Mutants, SlashingCast.net is all things you need to know horror network. This is where we have recently joined them and their multitude of other podcasts. You can find us on SlashingCast.net along with our merch and also Patreon link there. And while you're there, why don't you check out all the other shows they got going on? Ghouls, Gals, Creeps, and Mutants. With that being said, let's jump into today's show. everyone to the punk rock horror podcast i'm matt and i'm cody and today we're joined by an amazing guest known as christine over at the obliterate podcast how's it going christine it's going well thanks for having me thank you for coming on yay Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the slashingcast.net we are a part of their network now and we love working with them we love being under their name make sure you go over to slashingcast.net check them out check out all the shows that are on there and all the creators Uh, but jumping into it today we're here to also remind you that it's it's november now and we're kicking off the whole season talking about serial killers and serial killers only that's right y'all have been so amazing and so supportive of us this past year that we decided to treat y'all to a month of just pure psychotic true crime serial killers some of the craziest ones that stick out to us and that we really want to talk about and again christine from obliterate podcast is here today to talk to us about it and uh yeah we're just really excited to to jump into it today um don't really have much horror articles but i figured in the meantime what we could do to kind of uh, fill the first half is actually get to you know christine and get to know you and about your show Sounds great. Yeah, where do you want me to start? Just from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not so, even going to intro you in. I'm not even going to ask born? questions. You got you do the interview yourself. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, where were you born? How does that make you feel? Oh no. <laughs> what genealogy do your parents come from? And what wars were their parents in? Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so, uh, what's, what's, what's all about your podcast? Tell us all about it. So basically I just, in each episode, I interview people about someone that made a huge impact in their life, whether that be a ex-partner, an ex-friend, a family member, a coworker, whatever. Um, but they don't talk to this person anymore. And I just kind of figure out how that relationship went and what went wrong and why they don't talk to them anymore. It's basically the gist of the podcast. Okay. Well, yeah. That's cool. I like. So that. Kind of depressing, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what hey, a lot. So, well, some what? of our it listeners might don't know about. yet because the episode hasn't come out yet. But Cody does know because I shared it with him at the time that I came on. But I was actually a guest on on your show, and I came on to talk about. I won't. I won't spoil it. But I came to talk about a prior relationship that I came back from, and and uh yeah you definitely have like a very serious like uh context of what you like to talk about in your show but what i told cody at the time and and what i think is so cool is that not a lot of shows really do that there's there's some that i i don't know i just haven't really seen a show that's like hey you know let's talk about those that this closure that you've got from this this experience that was less than positive uh you know at the very least and I mean, what's that been like for you? I mean, I, I guess in some way it's kind of been either surreal or, or polarizing in certain instances. 
It's been actually very therapeutic. Um, and I feel like it's helped me more than it's helped my guests probably. <laughs> and um, I mean, I've, I'm 30 years old. I've been through a lot of relationships throughout my life. And I feel like personally, I think that I'm always the one doing things wrong, but um, I feel like interviewing these people, a lot of people feel that way. Like they're doing something wrong in their relationship. And it's just nice knowing that the things you feel in a relationship, other people feel. And that's been very, that's just been very good to learn because I, I feel like it's helped me in my current relationship as well. Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> Man, I want, I want to guest star now. I'm jealous that I had <laughs> this out. I was all upset <laughs> that I had to work for it. Yeah, no, I'd like to. Cause like, this, is, this sounds interesting. I'd love to be, be on there. <laughs> you're, I'd love to have great. you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it's, I think it's, <laughs> I just feel like people don't always talk about the relationships they've had. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's nice just to have that conversation and to hear about different people's experiences, um, even if it's bad or good. And I think it shapes you as a person that you are today, as cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. No, I think that sounds great, especially because like, it's true. Like in nowadays culture and stuff like that, it's, we're kind of in a time where talking about our feelings is starting to like actually become a thing instead of like a stigmatism. And I think you're providing like an awesome place for people to like actually be able to do that and then go back and listen to your conversations with your past guests and be like, oh man, I relate to that. I've done those kind of things in those relationships. Like, you know, and then like it helps people like self-realize and like help them out move forward. I think it's yeah. Great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel know. like the one oh, question, sorry. I, sorry, go ahead. No, no go you're ahead. totally fine. Go ahead. I'll, I'll add in after you're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, I feel like I ask the same questions every time. And I do feel like I eventually will have to change that up because it's very like, um, the, I, I don't know if like the same questions work for every scenario. Um, mm -hmm. But the question that I like at the end that I ask is um, like, what have you learned? And I feel like those are always helpful for people to hear what people have learned from the relationships. Yeah, for sure. As interviewers, I mean, we we learned along the way that when we do interview guests that you can always ask, everybody's always asking the same questions, but it's always comes down to how you ask those questions. So, I mean, the example would be, you know, like, and I'm not saying like you should change it up in any way. I'm just using it as an example. So like your last do question. Do it our way. It. <laughs> you're doing it the Pug Horror podcast way now. Now that you're a guest on this show, you have to change your show completely. No. Uh, but like, so your, la your last question that you always ask is, you know, um, what have you learned, you know, from this relationship? You could change that to what have you gained? And that can change the absolute difference in the answer that someone could give you. I mean, learning something and gaining something, in, it can be interpreted very differently. And just twitching those two words around is such a, a, a difference in way of interviewing people that when you pick up that skill and you kind of like groom it a little more, it does help with certain conversations. So, and the only reason like I say that is because I get where you're coming from because there was a hot moment there with our band interviews, right? I was asking the same questions over and over and I was even getting, you know, like to the point where it's like, I, th I think I need to change this up. I don't think everybody wants to keep hearing the same questions all the time, you know, except for like very specific ones, I guess. Where did you start? How did you guys meet? Yeah, exactly. Who's the crazy one of the group? <laughs> Who's Who the broke bad up with boy? Who? Yeah. 
<laughs> who's okay? I just need to know who's Justin Timberlake. Okay, who's who's the like who's the Lance Bass of this group? <laughs> I don't know any of the. I feel like I don't know anyone else in that band besides Lance Bass and Justin Timberlake. Joey. Oh yeah. <laughs> like Joey Fatone, who's a host of a TV show. Who was the other ones though? Who were the uh, other there, ones? Uh, that's then there weird. was Chris. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go into my knowledge of InSync right now. That would be a little too much. That ruined our cred. I was like, you know what? I don't want to talk about pop stars. I will talk about murder. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah. So you're Christine. You're talking about these really heavy uh, subjects, and and one thing I, I want to add into what Cody was talking about as well that. Um, that he was hitting on that I, I think also needs to mention is that you do kind of like have this um, proactive likeness with, with your interviews where you're kind of talking about mental health a lot, you know, and, and it's, although that's not the, uh, how do I want to say it? It's like not the main goal, but it's, it added, it's added in, right? Like you, you get to hear about people's experiences and what they've gone through and how that affected them during the time and where they are now. And you get to kind of see that change and you ask them, you know, those very important questions, you know, like I'd, uh, I'm trying to remember some of the ones you asked me at the time and it just feels like so long ago now, which, you know, honestly, it does feel like, long ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like maybe at most three months at, at that even. Something like that, yeah. But you do ask these like the year where it's multiple years in one. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, it's like by the end of this year, it'll be twenty twenty five. Seriously, uh, so depressing. <laughs> but, but so yeah, like you, you're talking on very sensitive topics, and you do address it in a, an appropriate, tasteful manner. And you're also kind of like promoting good mental health. And the thing is, is that I guess like the roundabout way uh, uh, that I'm trying to say this compliment, and I'm like what I like about your show is that you're doing what needs to be done, where people do need to kind of talk about the things that are bringing them down or that they're still reeling from, you know, a lot of times it's very often to run into somebody who's still reeling from a bad relationship, you know, whether that is uh, somebody they were romantically involved with, or maybe they were friends with, you know, there's something that they're always going to be taken away from that. And you do this great job at being able to talk about these stories and be able to talk to these people and what they've been through. And I think that's very easy to relate to because we all want to be able to talk about what we've been through to people we trust and to be able to do it in a format that essentially it's a stranger talking to stranger doesn't have that feel in any way. There's definitely like this, uh, like you're sitting with a friend in a room and on a couch and just having some coffee or tea and you're just, you know, talking. And, and I, and I, th- and I think that's what I really love about your show. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, I feel like people that go on the show want to talk about something that meant a lot to them. And so usually that the person they choose is pretty intense because they are in a podcast and they want it to be interesting. They're not going to just choose a boring relationship that they had when they were like 16. They want to choose a relationship that <laughs> meant a great deal to them that was either hurtful or prolific in some way. And I think that's um, a testament to my guests too, is that they're willing to open up in such a public way. (laughs) And I I really appreciate that because I don't know if I could do that, to be honest. I don't know. I think it'd be really hard to open up about something that um, personal. And I, 
I'm grateful that people are willing to be on my show and willing to tell me something so impactful in their life at one point and something so personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> awesome. I, I guess what I want to ask you is, is, is do you feel like there's a boundary you have to stay within in order to uh, keep the show going? I mean, I guess what are, what, what is, what is something you're worried that you might run into? I mean, not trying to like put any worry in you, but like, do, do you feel like there's like a line that you have to make about what stories can be talked about, what people can share? Uh, no, I do not. Um, I, I feel like I'm pretty open about the subject that we're talking about. And I, as you know, I don't really give the questions ahead of time, but I do ask if people want them. Um, and I think people know that people choose who they're gonna talk about. It's not like I'm forcing them to talk about like a really personal thing that they don't want to talk about. Um, so if someone wants to talk about something that was intense or something bad that happened, I'm more than willing to talk about it. Um, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I was yeah, worried I like that like, I made my question a little too confusing. So that, that does actually answer it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more so just like if you're, if you're ever worried that like somebody's going to bring a story to you that's like a little too intense. I mean, it generally seems like guests that are coming on your show already know what they're going to talk about. I don't think, you know, anybody's going to come to you last minute and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I was involved in like this murder that I saw. So I'm going to talk about this instead of this like breakup <laughs> that I went through. You know, like, yeah. I, 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 See I, I, I always figured that. that there's like that worry of you might have somebody who wants to talk about that instead. And so it doesn't seem like you have to worry about that too much. So that that, that is good. Yeah, I haven't really had to worry about that. Um, I mean, I have had people talk about being with like nar- narcissists. And I recently interviewed someone that was talking about her dad, who was pretty abusive. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that was hard to talk about. And I felt sad that that happened to her, but I felt grateful that she was so strong to talk about it because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't. And I was just proud of her for opening up about that. And if people are willing to talk about things that are that intense, I'm more than willing to have them on and to have them share their story. And I think if, if it's important to them, that's important to me. I, I, I like they make it uh, awesome. important. Yeah, yeah, we, we, I shouldn't say, I, I gotta stop doing that. I'm sorry. We, we. It's <laughs> fine. I never no, mean no, to I'm do not that. Here. Cody's like, whatever. <laughs> Everybody yeah, thinks it's I'm all fun and games on recording, but behind the scene, there's a lot of times where Cody's just yelling at me and calling me a monster, you know, just be like, why would you, <laughs> you why, never why do you gotta keep me. over talking me? My sister always thinks <laughs> fun of me because I always say my dad or my mom, and she's like, you mean our dad? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> I was born like, too. I was first. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like, I'm first. <laughs> I'm actually the youngest, so she was first. Oh, well, I'm the favorite, so mine. <laughs> I actually think she's the favorite. <laughs> but, you yeah. got to play into it. That's well, true. Well, you're our favorite, and that's somewhat biased because you're the oh, guest today. You. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean... I think I want more people to check out your show. So does Cody. We want we want not just our viewers, but and listeners, but everybody to check out your show. You're doing something really cool, which is very hard to do and can be like misconstrued and done in very untasteful manners. But you just you have this very calm atmosphere about you and your 
you have this passion to hear what people are going through. And that's definitely something that needs to be noted because there's a difference between being somebody who's willing to be there to hear someone out, which is totally fine. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's all, but there's also the other person where it's, I want to know exactly what you've gone through and I want to hear about it. And that right there can be very intimidating at first, but when you get someone talking, you get them unloading their luggage, then it, it you just go with this momentum and you get to create this like special bond with this person in a shorter time, time frame, obviously. And I think that's so cool that you're able to maintain that. Like you have a very good professionalism about you when you do that and you talk to people that way and the way you run your show. And, and it, it just, I think, and so does Cody, he agrees with me too on this, is that you, you definitely deserve more attention and you definitely deserve more people talking about you and listening to you and coming on your show for sure. We're totally excited that uh, season three, you're working on season three now, right? Is, is that correct? I am, yeah, and thank you so much for saying that. That's very nice. <laughs> yes, season three will be coming out next Monday. Groovy. So, yeah. uh, time of this recording, that uh, that's going to be not November. I'm looking. I was about to say November fifteenth because that's the first date I looked at. I'm like, yeah, that's November fifteenth, <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's today. Um, no, that's going to be so. At the time of this recording, that's going to be November twenty third. Make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're subscribed. Where can everybody find your podcast um, and subscribe to you? Um, everywhere. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, I mean, I'm on Podbean, but I haven't thinking about changing the anchor ever since you told me about it. <laughs> well, um, you hear that anchor? <laughs> for real though. You're yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm everywhere you listen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm everywhere you listen to podcasts. So check me out, Obliterate Podcast. You heard, you heard it there, Ghouls and Gals, and we'll have those links in the episode notes below. Um, but I think with that being said, we could we could probably jump into today's topic, unless, unless Cody, you think we got time to do a, to do a horror game. What do you think? Oh, we could do a quick horror game. Okay, so have you, have you listened to any of our current episodes? Give them what they want. <laughs> um, I have, yeah, but I don't know if I've heard all the games, so I would love... Uh, okay, we, we change it up that. each time, yeah. depending on what the topic is. We can't is. short... I was just... I was going to say, we can't also short our guests the game. We've had all our other guests play. I know. I'd, yeah, I I'd feel bad. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mute as we was like, we'll, we'll play games with everybody else you know except this game. You know? but, yeah, Christine <laughs> doesn't get a game. <laughs> um, so, within somewhat tasteful spirit of it, the fact that we're going to be talking about a certain serial killer today, which I, I don't know, can I say who we're talking about just for the sake of the game? No. <laughs> well, then how am I supposed to make the game make sense? You see, he just he he keeps breaking it's my a pig farm. Okay, fine. You don't pig have to farm. say his name. Okay, thanks, Cody. Thanks for just laying me out flat right there, <laughs> keeping it straight with me. So, in the spirit of of pig farm and farmers in general in horror, we are going to be talking about this game in particular, is going to be about just that, is, is farms. But the difference is, Christine, you, you have your own farm, and, you, and you're running this farm, but you, you're, your farm's on its last legs financially. You know, the government is coming down on you. It's going to, it's going to close the doors on you until you got to pack up and get out. So naturally, you have to do what any horror monster slasher killer that is a farmer in any horror movie that's about farms. You have to find a way to keep the doors open. So you're going to retaliate somehow. 
So you have to decide between the three options. What are you gonna do to keep your farm open? Are you going to either A, turn it into a cannibal farm, go the most grossest route, have tourists become the meats that you serve to people? Are you gonna B, turn your farm into a haunted house that you can have people come through and then, you know, play it nice and safe, earn your funding that way. Or the third option is make it your own. Decide what are you going to do to keep your farm open? How are you going to retaliate? Um, this is the game. What, what, what is what, what is your choice? I'm going to go with A. <laughs> okay. How would you do it? How would you go about it? Fuck them. <laughs> I mean, lure people in and then sell them, cannibal style, <laughs> right? Cannibal style. <laughs> so, would you gonna, like lure them in like via a like people, off a people farm, like Soylent Green? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? Like Soylent Green. What's that? Oh, so are you, you going to kill only is, old people for your meats? I think that would make the most sense. <laughs> Maybe old, like stockier people. <laughs> so, 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 run me through it. How would you get? Uh, so run us through. How would you get? People. How would you get an old person to your farm to to, to make them into stockier meats? Um, I would offer a fifty percent discount for them to come to the farm because old people love discounts. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> I like, I like that. Um, so, old people love discounts. They're suckers for them. <laughs> I mean, they really are. Um, and then I would maybe bring them to, I don't know, I would give them a tour. I'd be super nice. Um, and then probably bring them to the basement. And that seems like the typical like Here. horror Here. thing that you would do. The final step of the tour, would you come into my basement where you're going to see where I keep all the freshest cuts of meat? And then I assume gonna, most old people will be blind, so they won't be able to go down the stairs very well. And then I'm going to play as like, an, play as an old person who's interested in your farm. <laughs> I'm going to play as an old person who's interested in your farm, and I want to see what how what, what, what you're going to do. Okay, just oh, I hear okay. you have a nice discount at your farm. Do you have good <laughs> hay? My great father had great hay when I was a little kid. Is that what your discount's on? It sure is. Come on by, old person. I'll help you out. <laughs> Sold. I love it. Sure is. Come on by, old person. <laughs> I'm so you persuasive. <laughs> Cody, do you want to do you want to be an first old person step into my house? Interested? <laughs> I feel like I'm failing at this game. Oh, you already got one. You got you got a dude who just loves hay, and you're you like like he probably lived a simple life. He probably actually like donated to a lot of charities. You know, helped helped a little girl See, down the street who was blind learn how to read. You know, like it did a miracle. And he comes to my farm and. <laughs> See, I feel like if I was an old person coming to this farm, I'd be like, hey, listen, sweetheart, I'm only here because the lady, the missus had to bring me because she loves your discounts, but I got a really small bladder. Can I use the bathroom? I'd be like, it's in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're going to need some candles. Down here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to need some candles down there because it's going to be a long time. <laughs> Well, that's what's going I don't own candles, so you're just gonna go have to go in the dark. 
<laughs> so, so you got Lead one dude way. who just loves hate too much and a, and a crone who's just like, hey, the only reason I'm here is because of my wife. <laughs> that I has to go to the bathroom. I need to poop. <laughs> I gotta take the Browns to the Super Bowl, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Chop the kiddos out the pool, you know. It's gonna be a while. <laughs> I hear there's well, some people needing some floaters in that water, so that's where I'm going. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a terrible murderer, clearly. <laughs> I, I I would like to think you'd be far more effective because you, you, a, a good murderer is one that you don't see coming as a murderer, right? So it, I, I, I think you've just been like, yeah, old person, come check out my hay discount is not a very red flag. You know, there's not much of a red flag <laughs> going up there. If you were to say, but if you were to add on, yeah, check out my hay discount in the basement. That's <laughs> when they'd be like, wait a minute. A little sketchy. But <laughs> also minute, they farmers don't keep hay in the basement. <laughs> Where's your as long as there's a discount. <laughs> If there's a if I'm saving twenty percent off on this, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the discount is a much more modern stereotype of old people because like my my original response would have been like yeah I got tons of prunes and pudding, like I feel like that's a little more outdated. Oh, so I, I I feel like the discount works. I, I used to work with them for over seven years. It's it, you got to hit them in the wallet. That's how you convince old people. By that mean you used to work with old people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to work with old people. I used to be a chef at a, at a retirement facility. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Was that fun? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why Cody's for this. It, yeah, it was. For, it was for a little bit, but then it just it just turned to, to terribleness. Um, but like, I made a little bit of everything. Like, we never had a set menu. Like, we had a set menu of the day but it always rotated so like i would make things like all kinds of different things between like soups from scratch like clam chowder and chicken noodle soup beef and barley stuff like that and then uh we'd also make like italian food and all the different you know just everything we make everything burgers hot dogs italian food mexican food all of it i was wondering <laughs> if you'd have to make stuff that they could easily chew because um well it wasn't so i worked that we i worked at an independent living so technically okay. it's like a it's basically like an overpriced apartment building for old people and they have a cafeteria a, a dining room in there that where i worked and so if they wanted they could pay for food there or they could you know make their own because they had their own kitchens and stuff like it was all independent they weren't being helped by anybody okay yeah. So more of a variety. Yeah, so they that's got a good. variety every day. Nice. That, yeah. that, that's why Cody was <laughs> like, yo, I, I'm totally cool with you having a farm that just kills old people. Matter of fact, I'll come work for free. I mean, you know, I, I got some things <laughs> I got to work out. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just be glad you have free help. <laughs> There's a couple names on the list. <laughs> and you know what you tell me all the things that you when you were working there you told me all the things that you cooked and like i could have used any of those examples and yet my go-to is prunes pudding and warm applesauce yeah, yeah. warm applesauce see they don't like warm applesauce they like cold applesauce they like warm apple pie with cheddar on top oh that's yeah. unique that sounds like like a like a like what like a pregnancy food like like a combination of pregnancy food you want to eat like, you know it's, like pickles and mustard it's a north 
Is that? It's a northeastern thing. Is it really? I've never heard anybody who's yeah. like, yeah, give me some cheddar on that pie. Yeah, dude. I didn't either until I started working with old people from the northeast. Oh my god! Did you know that, Christine? <laughs> I, I have heard that before about what? cheddar on apple pie. Um, no. It's not a it's definitely not a Chicago thing, but I've heard about it. Nah. Is for real like yeah, I feel I like I, this is yeah. my first time hearing it's like about a, this. It's like it's, a main New York, Washington DC area type thing. It's Why? definitely a thing. And it is yeah. good. I've tried it. Is it? Yeah, it's like yeah. that salty and sweet. Okay. Yeah, so like the sweet, so you have the super sweetness <laughs> of the apple pie filling and everything, and then you get the crustiness and like somewhat of the saltiness of the crust and a little bit of sweet there. But then you have like this weird smoked salty taste with the cheddar okay. on top. And so, so does it all it, just blends oddly weird together. Does it have to be cheddar? I mean, can you can you substitute any other cheese, I guess? I mean, I, I would usually doing, cheddar. Yeah, it's yeah. usually like cheddar or gouda. Oh, I you need a real like American. That'd be terrible. (laughs) Or Swiss. Oh God. Blue cheese would be god awful too. And you know what? There's someone here that's like, I like blue cheese on everything. (laughs) I do not. I'm not a blue cheese fan. I bathed my baby. Do you like ranch though? Yeah, ranch. The Colorado ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) So good. There, there, there's so many people. It is in Colorado. Yeah, it is. That yeah. it's, that's why it's called the Colorado ketchup. We put ranch on fucking everything. It's disgusting. I ranch and, and green chili for the most part. <laughs> ranch and green chili. Yum. That yep. sounds great. Well, if you do, you know two people out here. <laughs> yeah, very true. Green chili is far better than the ranch. It, it, I am yeah. I thought green chili was just a thing in like New Mexico. I didn't know it was in Colorado. No, too. it's oh. like a mid, it's a like mid south midwestern thing. And Colorado's like green chili has been has like gotten better exponentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, that's what we've been kind of been known for. It, green chili, and we also created the cheeseburger. Did you actually? Yeah. Wow. Originates from Colorado. Yum. Yep. Of course, the you know the high state would be the ones like I'm gonna slap some cheese on that meat. <laughs> did you uh because well, because we got to jump into it but uh have christine have you yeah. seen like in any grocery store have you seen that like 505 green chili like on any of like the the store shelves i don't think so i feel like i never see green chili in our grocery stores in chicago okay yeah or, I, maybe i, I just know. don't notice it but well if you ever go looking for it the 505 oh, is actually terrible. from here it is from colorado like yeah we have we have a very strong green chili base. A lot of people here love their green chili. I included in that. I mean, my mom has yep. her own special recipe. Same wow. here. I got a couple. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, they see it in the stores. There, there's a lot of interesting facts about Colorado. We and and no, that we have no idea if there is an actual bunker underneath the death horse under DIA. We don't know. We we're more so just happy to get in and out of DIA to smooth rate. To be quite honest. <laughs> in a timely manner in a timely manner it, the day is so I big and massive and overwhelming <laughs> i'm just like i don't I care if there's conspiracy anymore he's like i don't and care if the illuminati is underneath talk me to you now i don't know what you guys are talking about <laughs> wait have there's you never have you never heard that <laughs> No. Oh my God. Okay. Thank oh, God. Yeah. You're like, you, <laughs> so you keep like going up on the rank of our favorite guests because, like, I swear to God, everyone I've ever talked to that's heard about Colorado always hears about the conspiracy theories here. 
Like, long story short, our airport DIA, like, so there's these tunnels that run underneath it. I always think they're just service tunnels. The people say they're service tunnels, but conspiracy theorists fully believe that they're actually tunnels to an underground bunker that is either held for Illuminati meetings or stonemasons, like for people that control the events in the world. Nazi bunker. Yeah, or Nazi bunker. That's so cool. Yeah. And so like- I mean, that's not cool if it's a Nazi bunker, but- But, and then also it's like super haunted and yeah. fucking they trolled everybody and they put up gargoyles that talk to you about conspiracies. It's fucking wow. Funny. Yeah, if yeah. I like don't know any Colorado facts, clearly. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff. We we used to be known as the psycho state. That's that's really what the stigma was. <laughs> We, hmm. that was because we had a lot of serial, either serial killers that came from here or that we had some that found sanctuary here ted bundy was one of them like he he ran yeah. and like he, like held out here for a hot moment uh yeah, i do think a lot of people come that. from like washington and go to colorado that are serial killers it seems like yep. exactly <laughs> for some reason it's because yeah. we're oddly similar we okay. just don't have the rain <laughs> And if you look at us on the map, our state is one of the only few that's almost a perfect square. That's like yep. a nod to the unhingedness that is this entire state. Because because we're never around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, so speaking of talking about serial killers and whatnot, let's talk about our serial killer of the day. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, let's, let's jump into so, it. Yep. You ready? You ready, Christine? I'm ready. All right. So today's special serial killer that we're talking about is Mr. Robert Pickton, a.k.a. Willie Pickton. Um, he is the most notorious, Cana- most notorious, not notorious, but notorious <laughs> Canadian serial killer. <laughs> um, he is also known as the pig farm killer. He has a couple names there. Um, so Mr. Pickton was born October 26, 1949 in Port Co- Coquitlam, British Columbia. You know, after all the podcasts and pronunciations of that, I would have gotten it on the first try. I still couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, his, uh, so there's not like a whole, whole lot that's known about his uh, early life. I had actually had, I couldn't really find a whole lot in like articles and whatnot. I mostly had to like listen to several podcasts. And so this was all like, confirmed every single one that I heard about um, confirmed all this. So I'm like going to take it that it was true about his father wasn't really there in uh, raising Robert um, or his sisters or brother. Um, He was mostly kind of like the authoritarian figure that would just like lay down the law. So he just beat him. (laughs) And so he was mostly raised by his mother, Louise Picton Um, and Miss Picton. uh, She was a super workaholic that ran the pig farm. Um, in the family meat business. And uh, so she would constantly make the kids, even on school days, she'd, she wouldn't have them do their homework or anything. She'd make them help out on the farm. They'd help feed, feed and tend to the animals. And so because of, it's because of that, and also they were like semi, like somewhat poorly, like it's kind of disputed about like how rich they were, uh, mostly because Robert was really, really gross. <laughs> like, he was just a gross kid. Um, he, he never bathed. He never kept up on his oral hygiene. Like he constantly smelled of manure. Um, and so that's and like, he had very few friends and the few friends he had would always make fun of him and tell him like, you know, go take your shower or something like that. But 
he it's also kind of like theorized that he had a oddly he he talked about after he was arrested but like that he had a weird fear of showers and so he would only take baths and it was hard for him to take baths even because of like his mother would force him to take baths even though he smelled the manure all the time so he was just scared of water i guess <laughs> i don't know <laughs> ah water bad what water, hurt yeah, water bad so i'm like well, did you drink water? Like, would he see a glass of water and just go, ee? <laughs> Walks into a gas station, just sees like a whole row of bottled water, just like loses it. Like, no water, go away. <laughs> just like collapses on the floor, like, no, God, please don't drown me. And like, <laughs> but, yeah. no, no offense um, to anyone who legitimately um, is afraid of water, like, more so just throwing shots at Robert Pinkton. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make jokes <laughs> because he's a piece of shit. So who smelled this shit? <laughs> um, so uh, so he like because of that, he was like super socially awkward and stuff. And um, and also because like his mom uh, obviously made him work so much when he was a kid. He was also a mama's boy. He did everything she wanted. Um, everyone kind of thought he was slow because, you know, he wasn't very good at school, but like he he was also extremely tired all the time because he was working all the time when he was home. He didn't have time to actually like to put studies in. So he wasn't book smart, but he was, act, but like it's highly theorized that he was actually really street smart and that he was socially smart. Like, even though he was awkward, he kind of knew he had enough, like uh, he had, a, he was, he, he could talk enough like to people to like get through a conversation and like, give you a false sense of trust in him a little bit. So that's how he made, I was able to have a couple friends. Um, but he was also treated very poorly when he was a kid too, at the same time. Like there's uh, I saw this on a couple uh, articles that there is a, apparently a really cruel joke that the family pull, pulled on him and that his dad gave him a calf and that his, and this calf was his pet. He's like, yeah, it's your pet calf. Yeah. And so he like raised this calf and everything, grew super close to it, became best friends. Then they killed it. <laughs> yeah. Oof. They ended up slaughtering the calf. They ended up slaughtering the calf. And uh, there, there's a, there was a small theory that they told them that, the, that uh, they didn't tell them that they killed it until they were eating it for dinner. Wow. And like, yeah, this is who you're eating. Like, your best friend yeah your best friend that's who you're gonna eat right now <laughs> um you know what oh man sorry like, yeah the movie like, i reviewed for this which i was really excited when we did this because it's i could talk i could share the movie if we want but like there's just a scene in the movie that they talk about that is so similar to this that is just it, it's 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 like the sign it's always a sign that they might be a serial killer they killed it they kill an animal and it just ugh. yep Yep. Sorry. So they killed it and fed it to Willie. <laughs> and then um, another big event in his early uh, in his early childhood uh, that probably shaped like not only his hatred, but kind of like his like cockiness with getting away with things. So um, his when his younger brother, Dave, turned 16, uh, he got his license. And so uh, just right, literally, like, I think it was the day, I can't remember, it was either the day or within, like, a month of him getting his license. He was driving one night, and he up, ended up hitting a 14-year-old local boy with the truck, um, his dad's truck. And so in a panic, he, like, no one knows how it happened. Like, they don't know if Dave wasn't paying attention and just, like, kind of veered over 
or like something was in the road and he jerked. He didn't see Tim. Just there, no one knows. And so he ended up hitting him with the truck. He panicked, went home and told his mom, Louise. And so instead of, you know, calling an ambulance, instead of going and checking on the kid and getting help, she drops everything what she's doing, sees where Tim is on from the accident and everything, and just pushes him into this deep slow next to the road. So like this just deep trench and fucking said nothing, just walked away like after that. And so he was ended up, he was found, I think, well, either the next, I can't remember if it was the next day or a couple days afterwards, but when he was found, they found him like a little bit down the road and he drowned. And so after the autopsy, they actually figured out that he would have survived the truck hit. Like, it's just like, and nothing came, yeah, and nothing ended up coming of this. Like the only thing that happened was that, so Dave ended up getting caught, like, you know, it all kind of came out and Dave ended up serving some time in juvie for what was caused and what was labeled an accidental death. And Louise served nothing, nothing came up, up of what she did. And like, it got well known around town that of what she did, like people put two and two together, what happened and like everyone figured it out, but nothing came of it. Because so the Dave whole Arden, family was just fucked up, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Like the whole family was just like, you know what? Fuck them. Like, <laughs> like it's super fucked. Um, and so, um, those are kind of like some of the bigger events. And so, after the mom died, uh, Willie and his siblings took over the farm. Um, and so, not all the siblings, you know, not everyone wants to be a fucking pig farmer. And so, the rest of his siblings decided to sell their shares of the farm. Um, Willie kept 6.5 hectares of land. Um, so like it was big enough to keep a pig farm, a small slaughterhouse and his trailer. Um, and so, uh, everyone else sold their shares and Willie. And so this is another thing that probably fucked up Willie too, is that in Louise's will. And so this is also why he kept the pig farm. Cause like he kind of got pigeonholed into keeping the pig farm is that in the will louise uh divvied up their entire fortune because they started making some money by this point um divvied up the entire fortune Uh, everyone else got their money at that point but willie except willie he was only allowed to get a small portion of it at the start and had to keep running the pig farm so that's why he kind of got stuck doing that uh, um, uh, and so he kept running the pig farm and then also on the side to help make up for some, for, you know, the rest to help make up some more money. Um, him and his brother, David also ran a salvage company. And so it's kind of like, it's a little unknown, but people think that they were actually running a chop shop. Um, but there's no real proof to prove that they were. Oh, he was um, running a chop shop. So, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Inappropriate <laughs> like, joke. I <laughs> <laughs> chopping up those pigs for sure because <laughs> um not there yet <laughs> sorry sorry he's still sorry, decent sorry. No, he's still okay at this point um but so in 1996 <laughs> i like sorry i like how they, this point, oh he's still okay he's still a decent dude at this point he hasn't he hasn't killed anyone yet uh but so in 1996 um they ended up turning uh they kind of like stopped dealing with meat uh uh Willie just decided he to the the meat packing in the business and the butcher shop and the pig farm was going to be kind of like secondhand, and so they ended up opening a fucking charity called Piggy's Palace Good Time Society. 
What? <laughs> yeah. And so it was supposed to be a charity where people can hold ball dances and get togethers for the kids and whatnot, you know? Instead, it was actually a front for a biker and prostitute bar. And so <laughs> he oh would regularly gosh. have he would regularly have uh parties of up to like 2000 people at this uh, at this place and so then it ended up getting shut down in 2000 because people too many complaints came in and they ended up finding out you know that it was he was holding illegal parties and it was actually a nightclub and in Vancouver it's it, or at the time it was illegal to run a nightclub <laughs> how did they get away with running it as a charity at first that makes zero sense. So you're going to learn a lot about the Vancouver Police Department that you're not going to like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, with the name like Vancouver Police Department, my expectations are already set pretty low. I know. This like this case, the entire time I was reading, I was like, Canada, this is why you were being made fun of for a long time. <laughs> Except I'm not making fun of them anymore because... You have goofy sounding <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I know Saskatchewan. <laughs> So during all this time, we're going to start now, we're going to start talking about, all right. So any, any questions about some of his past life? Want to need any, need any more contacts? When did his mom die? Um, his mom died. Let's see if they started running it in 1996. I can't remember. Where did I have it? I'm, I'm out. I think they died uh, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I mean, I can that. probably look too. That was a really good question. Like, I was like, damn it. I was hoping no one was going to ask that. Sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> no, was, was his dad just like out of the picture then too? Huh? His dad was just like out of the picture. Did he die too? No, he died too. He died from uh, natural, like they both died, ended up dying from natural causes. Uh, I didn't okay. Put, but I didn't put too much into his dad because he wasn't really um, there. 1970s. And then. Okay, so the seventies, yeah. So she died in the seventies, and they picked up the farm, and then the, uh, and then they started that. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, any other things? Catch me off guard. That's it for now. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I was like, catch me off guard. <laughs> I, I had a question, and now and now I'm just like completely spacing the whole thing. But like, was okay. there any? Uh, oh, okay, um, I I remember my question. So like, was yeah. there any other like weird things that happened between like him and his siblings, or like any other schoolmates? I mean, aside from what you've already shared, I don't know how may how much weirder it could get no, and, and unsettling um, it could get, but no, because aside of like like two friends, he didn't really uh talk with anybody he never had a girlfriend because of his like a lot of it was because of his hygiene and also he was just super weird and awkward um so he didn't really have a whole lot of interaction with a whole lot of people and there wasn't like i said there wasn't a whole whole lot about him when he was a kid um his relationship with his siblings were always pretty decent um like his, uh after he was arrested and everything his sisters were like yeah we thought he was a pretty chill dude like we always thought he was a great guy so they didn't have any idea um and then everything with dave like they they just he had no idea what was going on with Willie in the back in the background. I'm pretty certain. Yeah. Okay. So it's like so, there wasn't. Yeah. Okay. So like he he wasn't like yeah. bullied or anything. Like he didn't like he wasn't. I mean I'm sure he was bullied. Like he he was a kid who smelled like shit. He was bullied. Like. To put, like, you don't go to school every single day, and when your friends are telling you to take a shower, like, you know those other kids are like, yeah, dude, take a fucking shower, wash yourself, like, Jesus Christ, eh? 
Kid, like, kids can be mean. Here, like, truthfully, good. kids can yeah. be very mean about, like, things that do need to be yeah. said. Like, they say it's, like, he smells so bad. I don't want to be near him. Yeah. Like, like, I just imagine that being a thing that he had to put oh, yeah. up with a lot. Um, yeah, so there was that. And so that's also probably what caused, like, his love of, like, sex workers. Um, because, like, seeing as how they, you pay them to spend time with you. Like, they have to, technically like in his mind. So like, that's probably like what also like had his attraction to that. And like where a lot of his anger was coming out is because he knew they didn't want to be there for him. They were just there for what he had, you know? Yeah. I can't like, imagine these parties being very fun either. If it, it just like reeks of. Pig. Oh yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> like it was, so it was a hot spot for the hell's angels. If that's telling you something too, like that's where they, they like to hang out was his farm at piggy's palace wait for real like uh yeah dead serious oh oh, so wait so you're telling me like like his family's farm was a hot was was just a hangout for the notorious biker gang the hell's angels yeah so when uh when pick when willie and his brother dave turned the turned the farm into piggy's palace you know like the hot spot for bikers and prostitutes that became the spot for hell's angels traveling through to go to so like he he had lots of friends with the Hell's Angel like he made friends with them and stuff because you know he was giving them something, and then same with the sex workers like he had several sex worker friends, and that was just because you know he was providing them drugs and alcohol and money so like they you know they had to spend time with them. <laughs> Interesting. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, dude! Yeah, like I didn't know the Hell's Angels frequented. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty yep. wild. Sorry, like I don't want to keep like talking about that, but I just like that's wild no, thinking about. Like I said, it, there's know? a lot to this guy. <laughs> yeah, this, this dude was with it. The dude was in. Uh, he was. I, I could. I shouldn't say he was. He was within. Like he was in on with the Hell's Angels, but no, but, he wasn't in on things. So like the interviews they had of him, like they they've interviewed some of the bikers, you know, after all this came out and people who came forward about like knowing him and stuff. They say, yeah. like, during these parties and stuff, like, he would still kind of sit in the corner. Like, he still wouldn't talk to people, and people were still like, oh, my God, this guy smells, and he's disgusting looking. Because, like, he never showered, so he was covered in shit, blood, animal parts, dirt. Like, the dude looked nasty. Like I said, like, when we were talking about before the podcast, he looks like the guy from Harold and Kumar <laughs> go to White Castle <laughs> with the boil. He looked like him. <laughs> like he, he like, really Do you think does. any of them knew what was going on and just like kept it hush hush? I mean, that's only speculation. Oh, so but... I'm sure. Honestly, I'm sure. Well, okay. So yes and no. <laughs> so okay, sir. Uh, go sure ahead. Keep keep bikers, talking. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'm sure some of the bikers did probably probably had like an inkling about it and stuff like that because he obviously was he started all these murders during the Piggy's Palace. Um, and stuff and so like during that time that was his heyday that was his like big time where he had like was doing a lot of these and i'm sure several of the bikers knew they just you know they're hell's angels they didn't give a fuck and then um also so we'll talk about like if several sex if the sex workers knew because there was some stuff all right so um <laughs> um picked it good now we're starting to get into the to the meat of the stuff so pun uh, intended. Meat. Yep, meat, <laughs> <pun> intended. <laughs> so we picked it. yeah so obviously he ran this place and he obviously loved his prostitutes he loved his sex workers um and he would frequently visit the downtown east side uh, area of vancouver that's like the basically the red light district of vancouver mm-hmm. um and so that's where all the prostitutes are where you could get your drugs and stuff like that 
And so he would be there nightly. Like they said, he'd be there quite often. He was a regular. So if you wanted um, to have so, a good time, you would go there. Basically. And so, uh, and but while, while the sex workers thought he was still super creepy, because like that was always a thing. Everyone still thought he was creepy. Um, he kind of, but they always thought saw him as meekish. And so they kind of took pity on him too. But then he kind of showed, he started showing his true colors um, for the, because he was finally charged for attempted murder of Wendy Lynn Eastetter um, on March 23rd in 1997. Um, she was a sex worker and she was highly addicted to drugs. And so he would prom so when he would go to downtown, he would promise all these women drugs and money. So that's how he would get them to go back to him, to the farm. He would say, Hey, I got meth for you and I'll pay some money and stuff up you know come back and stuff like that and so that he'd always look for the like the worst of the worst out of all of them you know the worst shaped looking ones um and so but the charges for this attempted murder were actually dropped because wendy ended up uh, failed to attend court and also like everyone just like looked at her like she's a drug addict we can't trust her and like the thing is is that she went so the night that she was a, like he tried to kill her he stabbed her several times she ended up escaping and she was still handcuffed she had handcuffs on and she ended up escaping. They uh, got picked up, sent to a hospital. And during the whole entire fracas, she actually stabbed Willie. And she told them that, you know, she described everything that happened. And then at a, a, a like a neighboring hospital is where Willie went. And that's when he got arrested because he matched everything. And he had the stab wound to prove it, you know. But since she didn't say any, she didn't go to court, nothing came of it. And so he just got let go. Um, so even so, though, yeah. So sorry. So even though, like, she he, she proved everything, co goes to the hospital handcuffed, and is just, yeah. it, it is fighting for her life. At a, you know, and the yeah, only and reason the that proof. he doesn't get any sort of punishment is because she just didn't show up. Yep. Yep. It's just like. Yep. Nothing like, came of it. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so. I'm going to go punch a wall real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right um, back. Is that like kind of, um, does that show how the system in Vancouver was at that time, basically? A little bit. Like, were you getting to? Okay. A little bit, but no, there, it gets worse. Oh, no. So, uh, okay, so <laughs> Willie's... Willie's entire spree, uh, it was huge between us, uh, uh, pretty much went from 1997 to like 2002. And so, but between the years of 1995 and 2002, there was disappearance of sex, uh, sex workers, like just like exponentially rose. Um, and so there was always like disappearances in that area of sex workers and stuff like that. And so this is, and because of that, and like they would always end up be either being found dead of an overdose or they try, they just ran away to try and escape that life, you know, and created a whole new life in another area or something like that. You know, they ended up getting found that, that way. Like that's usually what ends up happening or they never just get found and police just don't care because they're prostitutes. Um, the rates were going up like exponentially during this entire time and the police didn't care. Ugh. They just didn't care. And so Picton ends up actually being linked to a good amount of these murders, like a good amount of these disappearances, not murders. I shouldn't say murders yet because <laughs> about these disappearances. Oh, so and like so, were people reporting him or? The sex workers were. So, uh -oh. so the dis there's 
sex workers disappearing and their friends and families would be going to the police this entire during this entire period saying, hey you know they've ha- i haven't seen them in this amount of time they disappeared the last person we know they were with was willie Pickton. he would get named he's getting name dropped like crazy and the police did nothing I hate it that a lot <laughs> in these stories that like, you know, there's there's all these confirmed like, you know, actual leads coming from sex workers. But because yeah. of of, of the occupation. Yeah, they're, they're a like, trade. Yeah, they're, they're they're deemed as 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 less, you know, value in any sort of way. Like there's there's that still even then there was still that shame. And it's just like, yeah. it, 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 you know, it, you gar- I guarantee some of those cops, I'm willing to go on a limb. Some of those cops, I guarantee, were customers of some of those sex workers. You know, oh, yeah. it would be, but it, it just, it, it, uh, it, 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 I'm gonna go punch another wall. I'll be right back. <laughs> so they weren't even like looking into it. They were just like, sorry, they were sex workers. So like, <laughs> they would look into it a little bit. So like, uh, they would kind, kind of like, they would just be like, yeah, we'll, we'll file a missing persons report. Like, we'll look into it. And they're like, they're the prostitutes. They either OD'd or they ran away. Like, whatever. They, they really didn't care. That was wow. the part. But they were still like, but then there was also like several officers who were really trying to get into it and like, who like truly believed that there was a serial killer. Like, cause they're like, this is, there's, there's too much like coincidence. There's too many connections that there's at least one maybe several people killing these these sex workers and the vancouver police just refused to acknowledge that there was a serial killer refused like they just would not say there was a serial killer and like there was even a mar uh, there was a valentine's day march in vancouver for, for all with all the sex workers and stuff like that to try and like you know push to like you know we need to be heard too and stuff mm-hmm. all because of willie and the police weren't doing anything Jesus. and so and so they had, and so the FBI ended up getting called in on working on this case and everything. And there was so much tension and jealousy between the Vancouver PD, the Royal Mountie Guard, and the FBI, and anybody who was trying to work on this case that they just purposely wouldn't tell each other like information about the case. And they're like, me? no, fuck you. Basically, really? dead serious. Like they, it was a cat, it was just so catty during this entire case because the <laughs> Vancouver PD didn't. They refused to acknowledge that there is a serial killer and they didn't want to like work on it and they just didn't care about these sex workers. They, they became wow. saucy bitches yeah. and would rather fight yeah. it out <laughs> instead of actually solve the legit murdering yep. that is happening. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, and so just to go into like a little bit, exactly. And so just to like steer away from anger at the police, let's get some anger at Willie. So yeah, that's probably for the um, best. So so in the beginning, uh, he would pick up his victims. He would promise them money and drugs, you know, come to the farm. Um, He would always find, he would usually like, he would scout them out. Like I said, people kind of thought he was special. Like they always thought he was special because he wasn't good at school, but he was street smart. He means no harm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just he's just a smelly, strange, like meek person. He don't know. <laughs> Can you call them all the same way? Uh sort of. So he used uh he he varied between different uh different things. Uh that's what I was getting to. So um he would kind of vary between strangling them and shooting them. And so when he ended up have he ended up actually having a couple accomplices that may or may not know 
about everything, but knew about some things. Well, I'll get into them here in a minute. Um, but he would actually use a giant black dildo as a makeshift silencer for his piss- for his guns. What the fuck? Oh, God. <laughs> and then that's so gross. Yep. And then because he ran a pig farm and he was an experienced butcher, he knew how to dispose of the bodies. Oh yeah, so, I was gonna yeah, ask so that. <laughs> what he would do is that he would feed the bodies to his pigs. And then whatever the pigs didn't eat, he would bury or put them into drums on like oil drums on the farm. And like, that's what he would do. (laughs) I mean, that's genius, but so messed up. Yeah. And so, uh, so, but here's the thing. He still slaughtered and fed the pigs to people too. Like, so there's actually eating people basically. Yeah. So there's actually rumors that, uh, Uh. he was serving, not only pork products, but chunks of the of the meat of, the, of his victims, he would mix them into his like pulled pork and shit like that. That's so, like, disgusting. And he would feed them to like, <laughs> so he was feeding them to the bikers and the other sex workers that came to the piggy's palace. Like, yeah, and that's so how like, he would get rid of them. Well, and just to like add on to what you're saying really quick, Cody, yeah, so like yeah. even on like March 10th of 2004, it was revealed that like human flesh may have been ground up and mixed with pork from the farm. So like what you just said, the pulled pork and whatnot, uh, the pork was never distributed commercially, but was handed out to friends and the visitors of the farm. Another claim it made is that he fed the bodies directly to the pigs, which obviously we know that, but yeah, I mean, could you, could you imagine that? Like, just like, if you're willing to like entertain that thought real quick, like what if he did commercialize it and just like distribute it out through Canada, makes oh its way to God. the US? Could you imagine like just what would have like that would have probably been the best PR for PETA ever? I know. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get, how did he even get caught though? Because huh? if he if there was no proof of the bodies, how did he get caught? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Okay, sorry. It's, Jumping too far yeah, ahead. That's a little too far. We'll get there. All <laughs> right, so I know this is going to be a long episode. All right, so the ladies of the night started to grow weary about Picton, like in the after, like a, after a little bit and the fact that no one was listening to them, you know, and so they started telling him no, you know, they started turning him down. And so once he kind of realized that, he ended up making a good friend. Um, and her name was Lynn Ellingson. And so he, uh, Lynn Ellingson was a, a single mother. She was a drug addict. She was also a lady of the night and she was homeless. And so Willie promised her, you know, he, she could live on the farm with him. All she would have to do is help him out a little bit on the farm and help him pick up prostitutes. Like that was an actual thing. He told her, you have to help me pick up prostitutes. And so. And she's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, she didn't think anything of it. She had no idea what was going on. And so for a while, like, that's how it works. You know, she would either, either she would just take the truck, pick up a woman say, yeah, I'm picking you up for a man, for this guy, uh, for Willie and stuff like that. And so because he was using a woman, it would lure the ladies of the nights into, or sex, the sex workers into, you know, a false sense of safeness. You know, Mm -hmm. they would be like, oh, she's going to be there. Nothing's going to happen. Not true. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, and then sometimes she would be with Willie in the truck and be like, yeah, you know, she would be the ones to talk to him. Like, yeah, you're going to come home with this, with us, you know, with this guy and stuff like that, you know? And so 
But so one day, spring 1999 um, is when she stumbled into like it was it was it was the night of reckoning for her. She so she ended up she heard something come out of the slaughterhouse that wasn't normal. Like she knew uh, Willie wasn't there and she was hearing some banging on there. So she was just kind of curious. And so she walked in and saw the body of a hand of a woman just hanging on a meat hook there. Oh my and gosh. She, yep. <laughs> and so Willie caught her almost immediately after she saw it. And he told her that she's either going to keep quiet or she's going to end up like that woman. And so to help also help keep her quiet, he supplied her with drugs and started actually paying to keep her quiet. Um, like, and so when like, she, he, like he didn't, yeah. did he sneak in the drugs or like, he just is like, here's cocaine. Don't you tell anyone? Yeah. He's like, here's meth. Here's some meth. I'm not going to charge you for the meth. You just keep quiet. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to charge then, you for the meth. I might murder you, yeah. but I won't charge and you then, for the meth. And then <laughs> after, yep. And then after a couple months of that, he was like, that's not enough. She's going to squeal. I'm going to pay you like three grand a month. It was something like that. Um, he's like, I'm going to pay you to keep quiet. And so she, uh, at first, uh, she didn't, uh, she denied everything when, uh, when she was first approached by the police, at, uh, when one of the sex workers like said, Hey, she was with him. So the police approached her and she denies everything at this point because she was afraid of her life. You know, Willie was going to kill her. Um, and so she, Yep. And so, uh, so Lynn finally left Willie. She finally left the compound and left the pig farm and started doing her own thing. And then Willie was like, fuck, I need someone else. He had a friend, um, this friend, Bill Hiscox. And he's like, Hey, we need some help. And he ended up, uh, recruiting this woman, Lisa Yelds. And so Lisa Yelds, she was like, she's a scary lady, (laughs) but not scary enough to turn a sex worker away. So So did uh, the Lynn woman leave without saying anything yeah she just she dipped out and just kept quiet until willie was arrested and then she ends up confessing everything and says why you know why she didn't say anything at first um but she just dips out and willie kind of like puts a hit out on her but nobody's like is gonna do it because everyone's like shut the fuck up willie like you're stupid because yeah. <laughs> no one knows yet like no one knows what she knows so like he actually put out a hit on her and like was trying to convince some of the bikers and they're like, no man, like fucking shut up. <laughs> like we don't care. Um, and so uh, his friend, Bill Hiscox ended up introducing him to Lisa Yelds and Lisa Yelds started helping Willie pick up, uh, pick up prostitutes and stuff like that. Um, and so she would actually end up like, so she was good friends with Bill and Bill worked on the farm. That's how he knew Willie. And so she ended up telling Bill uh, that she started seeing the possessions of the like the sex workers that she would help Willie bring to the farm. Like they started seeing them. Like she was like, I found some purses. I found some jewelry. Like I don't see them. Like I don't remember Willie seeing Willie take them like back to the place. Like maybe he did it when I was asleep, but I'm finding their belongings. And so Bill Hiscox ended up informing the police in early 1999 about this, saying that we are finding the possessions or like that I've been told that the possessions of all these disappear, these missing sex workers are on Picton's farm. The police did nothing because they said it was only hearsay since Lisa wouldn't cooperate. Oh, my my gosh. gosh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just like that everyone 
in this story is just so stupid. It's like, why would it, <laughs> yeah. why, of course this guy's killing people. Like, yep. why would he want someone new every day? I don't yeah. know. The, the, like the job description, <laughs> hey, you want to come help on my farm? I'll give you meth and you just have to help me get sex workers. Like, that doesn't, Seriously. That doesn't raise yep. any red flags. Nope. It raises all the red flags. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe anybody can look at that and just be like, all right, sounds like on the up and up. Sure. Yeah. And then like Sounds also good. and like the thing that bugs me is like and no one goes to the farm to like check on this stuff like the Vancouver PD kept this kept that information away for a hot minute. I think like, what's from the thing hearsay. Who, yeah. What's so the, frustrating detectives that actually cared and they said since it's hearsay cuz Lisa didn't, you know, they she didn't tell the police that that what she saw. She only told Bill and since it's coming from a second party, Bill mm they won't do anything because they're just saying that's hearsay. It's like, are you kidding me? All these missing women and you're not just going to go, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll look over the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa care that he was doing this or did she not care? Um, She just didn't really care at one point. Like okay. she's like in the beginning, she's just like eh, whatever. They're sex workers. Like that's the thing. That's kind of like the whole like theme of it. No one cared because they were sex workers. That's so um, sad. And that's yeah, so it's really it's really upsetting. Yeah, and so I have this whole section about the police, but we've already been talking about them. So I'm like, oh, we already said all this. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, and so during this entire, like I said, during this entire time, the Vancouver police like they lived in denial and refused to acknowledge that there was a serial killer during this entire time um like sent like years this is almost 10 years they just deny that there's a serial killer um they didn't care because they were sex workers and stuff like that and like the other thing that really derailed their the thing that they cared about is that two of the possible two of the women uh possible missing sex workers that could have been linked to uh picton were found dead uh in different areas away from the farm one was an uh and they were both of overdose um so they're like oh we found them so obviously nothing happened and also they couldn't find the bodies of any of these women that's also why they said that there's not a serial killer they just must have disappeared because they couldn't find the bodies because they were in the pigs <laughs> like, oh my god i think that's also so obvious like i know this guy's like, a pig farmer he's obviously feeding them to the pigs like <laughs> it's like and there's like and everyone keeps telling them look at picton look at this man and like they started kind of watching him and so like near the end of his spree um willie kind of caught like caught notice that the police were starting to follow him so he started like uh stopped killing as often um but yeah so it didn't even take it didn't take until 2001 the Vancouver police and the Royal Canadian Mount police finally formed the project even handed, uh, even handed to finally look into all these disappearances. And so they're starting to look at like starting to really look into it and they've kind of honing in on Picton and it nothing, but they finally, finally caught a break and listened and finally listened to a former employee, Scott Chubb. And he came out in 2002 and told the police that he saw illegal guns on Picton's property. Guns. That's how he got caught. Wow. Really? Are you so fucking be- kidding me? So, yeah, because Scott Chubb was a firsthand party to say that he saw firsthand illegal weapons on the farm that gave him enough, uh, enough for a warrant to go ch- search the property. And so, oh with God. this, so they were searching the property 
Willie was just chilling. <laughs> Eating some barbecue. Basically, <laughs> and they ended up finding his, uh, uh, the possessions of all these missing women. And they're like, okay. And then they started finding body parts and they started finding DNA and all this other stuff of them. They said they found over 200,000 traces of DNA on his farm. Oh my God. Of different, pe- different, d- just different things. Um, so, Can you ever explain why he was doing this? Just he thought it was fun or? Um, she kind of, yeah, that's basically what it was. It was just, it was just a thing for him to do. So um, they arrested him. So they arrested him for the weapon charges and he actually got released because the, he posted bail for that. But then he was rearrested after they started finding everything about the women. So um, they were able to get a second warrant from their findings. Willie posted bail, but was forbidden to return to the farm. He was rearrested on February 22nd, 2002 on two counts of murder. And then after further investigation, they were able to identify and charge Willie for 26 more counts. Yeah. While being held in custody, Willie told an undercover officer posing as an inmate that he had killed 49 women and wanted to make it an even 50 and that he was only caught because he was sloppy. Oh, my God. You know, for street smarts, he's a real idiot. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, but he's not special. Like, that's going to come into key for his trial. And that's what pisses a lot of people off about this trial is that even with all this evidence... He, everyone still thought he was special, like he was special ed. I'm sorry if I keep saying that. It's just, I'm not going to say, I'm just saying that way because that's what- No, yeah, like everybody thought he was developmentally found, so. disabled in some sort of yeah, way. Exactly. So um, so he had his preliminary hearing, preliminary hearing uh, and it went from January to July of 2003. So January 2003 to July 2003. Um, but it's not that long ago. It feels like this was in the I 70s. Know. I know, but it wasn't that long. It was less, it was just a little over a decade ago. Um, But due to the amount of evidence, so everything that they found there, all the bodies, the DNA, ever all that, the legal issues from the infighting and police fuck ups, the trial didn't get started till 2007. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Oh my. Because the police was so petty and just stupid the entire time. They're bumbling up everything, like almost everything this entire time. It took four years for this trial to even get started. So was he like out of jail that whole time? No, he was held in prison. Like he okay. was held well, because they had good. like, since he's being on trial. So when you're on trial for murder, you have to be held. I okay. think it is. Um, and so uh the so the trial uh the trial started january 22nd 2007 and it lasted until december 9th 2007 where willie was found not guilty of six counts of first degree murder but found guilty on six counts of second degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole for 25 years and it was upheld in 2010 wow so <laughs> Even though he said that he killed 49 people and like even though he had, so even though he admitted that because of the police bumbles, all the mess ups that they had on him with the police and several officers withholding information, there was like evidence was withheld key information was withheld, key witnesses was withheld because there's so much like infighting. And so then also because they thought Willie was special, they t- took pity on him. 
Oh, please. Dead serious. So while admitting to 49 and being linked and being linked to more than 26 others, he was only charged for the 26 because that's all they could actually identify on the farm. Like, because that's how much carnage there was. The other 20 charges of the murder was actually were going to be tried on a later date, but was eventually dropped. And the reason was because even if he was found guilty, it would do nothing to change his sentence. Like they could not, they wouldn't be able to like charge him for first degree murder. He could only still only be tried for a second degree murder and he's already serving life in prison. So that was, and so he's still there. I mean, he's still in prison. Um, so Picton's case also caused waves of change in Vancouver police policies, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> because they just were terrible. So they increased their force outreach so that there's no more fragmented info. So they kind of increased the uh, the variety, like the spread of uh, sex worker cases and stuff like that. Um, they also are now, uh, uh, they have to um, immediate look into all mis- mis- immediately look into all missing person cases. Um, family members are to be regularly informed of proceedings and the cases are to remain open until the person is found. Because that was the other thing. They closed a lot of the cases without ever finding the evidence. And um, so, in two, and then in 2010, Picton was transferred to a federal penitentiary and is currently being held in Port Cartier. Mm. Yep. At least he's in prison, but I still feel like... I know. Death penalty. He... Yeah. <laughs> And like the thing that's fucked up is there was all the proof. Like he had, you have all the proof. He admitted it. Like everything's pointing that to he did all these things. But because the police were so petty, like that's all they could get. And like, thank God it's for life. But like he still cannot. He's actually going to be up for parole he- here in a hot minute. Wow. Like he could get released on parole. I can't believe this dude is still alive. Like. Yep. <laughs> He's alive in prison and could be released in like seven years, something like that. I mean, hopefully that won't happen. I'm sure there's going to be like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I know. That scares me. Uh, Let's see. He was, so he was, he was sentenced in 2007. He had an appeal in 2010. So let's see. I want to do some math here because I'm like, I'm watching, I'm following, I'm going to be following this guy now. Like, oh my God. Why you do that? While you do that math real quick, I just, I, I gotta say, what what is so beyond frustrating, and I feel like this is, like, a case that would have given, like, the entire mystery crew, it, like, an alcoholic problem, like, they, I feel like they've become alcoholics after this, like, having to deal with the police, having to deal with, like, obviously it's this guy, gang, jinkies, how could you not figure that out, like, it... What is so frustrating is that the police and and everyone who who should be relied on to bring this dude to justice is basic everything off of just like stereotypes and backgrounds of where people come from. Like they're not believing sex workers because of their uh, occupation. You know, they're they're doubting them because of that. They're fighting with each other. There's total. I mean, it's obvious like ego issues are going on. And then then on top of that, they they assume the dude didn't do anything only because of his background and because he smells bad, thinks he's just developmentally disabled. It never has that confirmed. And everybody's just like, "Ah, it sounds right. Yeah. I mean, is that a thing everywhere where people don't take sex workers seriously? If oh, yeah. Happens? I feel yeah. like it's not just a Canadian thing. I can see that being a U.S. thing. And Oh, that's definitely know. a U.S. thing, too. No, oh, yeah. uh, a lot of serial killers. I can't. I can't uh, 
B BTK? Did he? Uh, I'd I have to. I, I'd have to I'm drawing a blank right now. But there's actually quite a bit of. Uh, oh, the I the I9 killer. Um, he's he actually he used to play for the Green Bay Packers. Not uh, <laughs> not gonna lie. Um, so he's played for the Green Bay Packers, but he killed prostitutes, and he was also called the uh, the. He was also one of the one of the like serial killers labeled like the drifter or the the sex killer. Um, because he would kill prostitutes and stuff like that because he was always traveling. And so like, you know, trucker serial killers and stuff like that, they usually kill prostitutes because they're always traveling. That's where you're going to find. And no one's looking for them because normally they don't have families. So like that was one of the biggest issues with this one. And that's like a huge issue with it here in the America is like, that doesn't mean anything. They still need help. They're human beings. Yeah, like, I feel like that should be like, oh, I don't know. I feel like it should be a rule now to like protect sex workers just because yeah. like, I feel like it's so common just because I yeah. think that they don't I don't know I just don't like no, that I agree. <laughs> no, you, no yeah, I you, totally you, agree I think it's, yeah, it's bullshit yeah. like it's bullshit that this that for years like over 50 women disappeared and for years they just decided to like they just ignored it because they were just sex workers like years I, and like, and people were coming to him day after day after day after day, like, hey, I'm missing my sister. Like, yes, she's a prostitute. She's fallen on hard times. But like, she was starting to turn around and she just had a small step. Can you go? Can you help me find her as ah, she'll turn up? Like, that's basically what they would get. Yeah. yeah and then, then you hear from a sex worker that's just like, no, I saw your sister. She went to Robert Picton's farm and hasn't come back since. Yeah. And like, no one, I mean, <laughs> Obviously, making that example very specific, but it's just like, and, and thank you, Christine, for well, by the way, for like saying one. it does happen in like, the that states. Was something that happened. Like, I didn't mean to make. I do. I do want to make it clear. I didn't mean to make it sound like it was only a Canada thing, but it's just like <laughs> part of the overall context that went into this case. They were like, it just seemed like they were basing all of their decisions. The the officers were based off just background info and stereotyping and it just like I, I think what just makes me mad is that we always see noir type of films or games or or shows or have you where there's always an episode or a point where they go and talk to a sex worker to get the low down on the streets or someone and in those moments they're like shown in a more valued way and then come to real life when it's just like yeah all these sex workers are going missing and there's also a lot of like leads that are that are pointing towards robert to Pinton being the reason for that everybody's just like ah, he means well i'm sure i'm sure that's nothing <laughs> God. he gave yeah. a good pork sandwich a pulled pork sandwich like, it, it dude, has he served barbecue at, at the <laughs> church fundraiser last week you're telling me that dude <laughs> Which is a good fur by making a joke, people. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, um, but yeah, and what, so and what a piece of shit! Like he, he, killer. he, he right. totally like he just preying on the weak, preying on the vulnerable, and it's a it's a problem. Someone and, like, and like, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was like, no, I was like, I, I agree. Like he was just a complete predator. He knew how to play the system. He he knew enough to how to play people's emotions and their look outlook at him, and stuff like that. And like and just like, and he knew what to do. Like he knew who he knew who was who was his perfect crime. Like so he could just get these things, do these things. It was gross. And going I'm sure back he to knew that people thought he was special too, and also mm -hmm. played like the victim card. Oh, like totally. hardcore. Oh, especially because, like, you know, you're like, yeah, like, my mom died and left me this farm, and I didn't want to do this farm. My dad beat me. Look at me. I lost my hair. 
<laughs> like I'm gross. I can't even shower. Pity me. <laughs> I'm scared of water. I don't know I'm any better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like look, that, it's like that stupid I episode look like of a pig. Uh, it's like that episode of Family Guy where like Peter finds out he's like on the autism spectrum and so he does shit because he can get away with it. I swear to God. Yeah. It's like this is like the extreme morbid awful version of that. Like uh, it, it pretty much like what it reminded me was like, oh, this is what would happen if Jerry went mental for Mick and Morty. <laughs> I just... Pity me, stab stab. <laughs> like, yeah, God, dude. Like... Uh, but yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. Well, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the telling of that tale. Yeah. <laughs> like, it did. It's interesting. Itself. I mean, it's just like infuriating, uh, but it's interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot more. <laughs> I know, and there's definitely a lot more into it. Um, like I couldn't, I couldn't cover everything, or else we'd be sitting here all fucking night. Yeah, there um, is a about, like the. Sorry, good. Go ahead. Talking about them. I would say uh, there's several autobiographies that have been released about him. There's a couple movies that actually got released about him too, and some books. Um, I I got a lot of my inform like I uh, I don't know I remember if I said it in the beginning of the episode or not. I got a lot of my information from Canadian True Crimes podcast and from uh, Murderpedia, of course, and Wikipedia. I got a little bit from Wikipedia and uh, this other Canadian uh, Canadian Encyclopedia org had an entire thing on him that gave you some good info is so there any documentaries know. about him yeah yeah okay um i mean i can look, look it up, up too you know, fast <laughs> uh yeah no uh because i want to say it on on the air so if you guys want to see more about him um it looks like it's called the um, pig farm so yeah there's yeah. one called the pig farm that came out in 2011 uh that is the most current one um so yeah i would recommend checking out that one there's a few others i'm getting the list right now so but go ahead and go ahead and keep talking while, while i pull it up um but yeah so yeah i was just saying i hope you guys like that tale if you want to learn more about them there's that there's that stuff uh crime junkies also did a really good one dev told me about that i listened to a little bit they had a lot of good a lot of good info on there too so yeah <laughs> if you want to learn more about robert Pickton, check those out I don't yeah, know why you uh, would. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, Robert, 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 Robert that. Fuck that guy. Um, Christine, any deep finishing thoughts you want to end on about this dude, about about this whole, all the shenanigans that the police department pulled? I mean, just any any last statements you want to say about this? <laughs> I mean, he just better not go free. That's all I have to say. Like 2032. Yep, that's when he can start going for parole if you want, if they allow him to. I just feel like, I mean, I listen to a lot of um, murder podcasts, as I've told you guys, and I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people are interested in that stuff. And I, I feel like the writing's on the wall with a lot of this stuff, and the police yeah, need to just, like, I don't know. Well, like I said, the, uh, the one good thing that did come out of Robert Pickton's fucking spree is that they vancouver police did like redo their entire justice system just so they could like solve these crimes and take them more serious now like all missing person cases are take are to be uh to handled immediately and they're oh yeah i don't remember if i actually said it but they're not to be closed until a body is found or the That's person good. is found yeah they're never like to be closed police ever just need to like believe every lead even if it seems unbelievable I yeah don't know. So, no, I feel you. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's two documentaries uh, to check out. The one that I already mentioned first, A Pig Farm, and there's another one called Finding Dawn, which is 
uh, a little more um, of, of an expanded type of issue that's just happening to a lot of indigenous women in, in reservations out in Canada. But Robert Pinkton was a uh, part of the reason why so many of those women went missing. Um, so you can check that out as well. Um, it, it, these are probably going to be finds that you have to like buy and download or get shipped to you. They're, they're not on Amazon right now. So you're, you're probably looking at like a three to five to like probably a $10 price, depending on where you go um for both mm -hmm. but yeah that's where you can check him out um we'll also include a link to his murderpedia entry in murderpedia.com that has everything that's up to date or um and but just some more extensive detail yep yeah okay i thought you were also gonna say something cool. else my bad buddy um nope <laughs> but yeah so uh that's robert pinkton the pig farmer um total piece of shit obviously uh and, and what a wild story yep. in general man i mean and it's not even a story it's true because <laughs> the story implies that there's some sort of fiction to it but which there no. isn't but i uh, just it's no. nuts it's it's totally nuts that uh that our not even just a society in general can can look at an occupation and not take it as valid and then so much more harm comes to that occupation because of that and and i just i hope yeah. just as a people we stop doing that sex workers do provide an actual good occupation that is just treated with a terrible stigma and and shouldn't be treated that way i mean all humor aside re regardless of what you think there's always somebody who's who's going to a sex worker for something and they deserve a lot more valid uh, uh recognition for that and this this whole case in general is a good example for that so that that's kind of my thoughts on it cody do you do you have any thoughts oh no i mean i've i said all my piece i'm <laughs> like I'm done talking i don't think i'm gonna him. have any pork for a hot moment <laughs> <laughs> and I work, and I work in a kitchen that focuses mainly on pork. I did so have barbecue a... last night, so I'm glad I had it last night, and not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, like it's funny. So I work at this pub uh, here in Fort Col uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, called William Oliver's, and um, it's the whole theme is pig. Like we have a, our our mascot's a pig. We sell bacon, pulled pork, pork belly. And like the other day I was actually like carving up the uh, pork butt for our green chili and everything. Cause we make it from scratch. So told in Colorado, you. we love green chili. <laughs> and it was just really funny. Cause I was listening to the documentary about this as I cover carving pork. And I'm hearing about him. Like he carves, carved up the sex words. I was like, I'm going to do something else for a hot minute. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do some dishes. I need to be clean. <laughs> I would assume it's it's not as much different as, as somebody who's a true crime fan and actually, you know, works in a morgue. So, I mean. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that would be me, though. I'd be that weirdo. <laughs> um, ghouls, gals, creeps, and mutants. This was a full-fledged episode. Again, so thank you for hanging out with us. We're going to be coming out with another serial killer biopic on our next Tuesday episode. Uh, we will be joined with another guest then that we will surprise you with when that time comes around. I don't know, maybe hinting at something here. It does involve pictures and the adventures that go along with them. Ooh, is that a hint? It definitely is. But point being, 
is that I want to give a huge <laughs> thank you to you, Christine, for coming on today and, and shout out your podcast again one more time, Obliterate Podcast. Make sure you check out Obliterate, subscribe to it, follow it, listen to all the episodes right now, get a tattooed on your skin. I'm just kidding. Don't go that far. I'm not going to tell you what you can or can't do with your life, but I'm going to recommend that you don't get Obliterate Podcast tattooed on your skin. But listen to her. I might. <laughs> we, we might. We might. We might do it. I'll, I'll get the like. Yeah, thanks obliterate. for having me. This is great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we, it was fun having you on. Yeah, um, yeah check Obliterate out. Check out Christine. We'll have her links below so you can follow her and, and listen to her show right now. Um, before we wrap up today, is yeah, there any other words you'd like to say in general, Christine? Um, don't let history repeat itself, I guess, is what I'm saying about the sex worker stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing. But yeah, um, I just appreciate you having me. This is great. Um, I listen to Obliterate Podcast sweet yeah no, thank you christine it was it was awesome having you on here i i had a blast chatting with you here i'd love to have you on cody too sometime soon yes i would love to you can totally do a a, a part one part two the obliterate you know a a a podcast featuring punk rock horror podcast part one part two yes and the twist was that we were actually talking about each other without us knowing He's that son of a bitch. Every time he always burps in the fucking recording, and I get tired of it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I would love to. <laughs> All right cool. then. Alrighty. No, things are getting into the wet works here. Ghouls, gals, creeps, mutants. We are figuring stuff out. We're coming out with new content. Again, check out Obliterate. Obviously, Cody's going to be hopping on there. I'm not. We're not going to say anytime soon because we're literally talking about it right now. But. We will be going yeah, back onto that show. Cody will be at least. And yeah, just check them, yeah. check out Christine again. Check out Obliterate. Um, make sure you follow us everywhere you know to follow. I won't do that whole spiel because we're already capping at like an hour 30 here. But uh, again, ghouls, give gals, creeps, and into light. Give us five-star reviews on iTunes. Say what? I was like, give us those five-star reviews on iTunes. Yes, do that. I, I, aside from everything Tell else us- I'm saying... <laughs> I was going to say, tell us what your favorite sandwich is. Like, is it pulled pork? I bet it's pulled pork, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, in, in your review. That's what I want to see in the review. Include that, please. We want to know what your favorite sandwiches are. We want to know what you like. Maybe Cody will make his own version of it and, and send you the recipe. I don't know. I'm making that decision for him now. So he's, <laughs> it's happening. It's a th- it is a thing. Um, ghouls, gals. It's a thing now. <laughs> Creeps and mutants alike. Thank you again for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting Obliterate. And we will talk about horror with you next time. Bye. Bye.